Welcome to Left of the Dial. I'm your host, Kitsy, and with me today is Caleb Coy. Caleb, how are you today? Hi there. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excellent. Uh, as, as, I, as I mentioned uh, previously, a, a little bit nervous, but uh, excited. Why, why, why are you nervous today, Caleb? <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm here to talk about something that I really enjoy, and I'm hoping that I can convey that sense of enjoyment through the airwaves uh, to at least one person who uh, comes me. away with... Yeah, at least to you. <laughs> I hope I can convince at least you to like this record that you also have already listened to. So I uh, I was gonna I was gonna call you out for for saying through the airwaves, but I realize you're probably connected to Wi-Fi, and therefore that is actually accurate. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> cool. So so uh, Caleb, what is your pick for this week? Excellent. So uh, when you first told me about this concept, we, we talked a bit about doing some, some deeper cuts or some more uh, maybe obscure or lesser known stuff. Uh, but I kind of feel like if I'm going to, to do this, I have to establish my musical brand identity, uh, at least initially, because uh, people need to know what I'm about. And uh, basically anything else that I would choose from here on out, uh, I probably never would have heard without this band. Uh, been, you know, my favorite band for 20 years going now and, uh, holds a, you know, a special place for me. Wow. Uh, so I'm going to, uh, so, yeah, yeah. So wait, so Korn has been around for 20 years now? Yeah. Can you, wow. can you believe that? That's Actually, crazy. uh, if they're still active, they probably have been for more than that because I remember them when I was in high school. Oh, that's, that, that is probably <laughs> true. It probably is. Uh, in my uh, 20 year reign and just passed. Uh, but no, I'm, uh, I'm referring to the band Jimmy Eat World, uh, who recently, uh, this past October, released uh, the record Surviving. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, a fan for 20 years. Uh, so Clarity uh, released back in 1998, yes? 98, uh, 99, something like that. Somewhere in there, uh, I first heard that on my uh, on my way to college uh, in the summer of uh, 1999, uh, and that just kind of immediately like changed my musical perspective. And this is something we can kind of talk about further uh, along the road. Uh, but you know that that got me started. Of course, I went back to Static Prevails and even dug into like their old like pop punk self titled, but like. You know, down the road, futures dropped right like two weeks before my 23rd birthday, and of course ends with the track 23. So, you know, big emo moment for uh, young Caleb. Uh, and you know, each record along the uh, the way has had a you know managed to have a, a totally different vibe, a different feel. Um, some leaning a little bit darker, like futures. You know, following up with Chase This Light, which feels like this bright, sunshiny summer record. Uh, and then finally, this, this last one, again, drops right before uh, my 38th birthday now this year. Uh, you know, feeling old, and uh, this music is aging with me. And uh, I feel like it's, uh, it's aging well. Uh, there's tracks across this record that feel like they would have fit in very easily on any of these other past records, uh, but at the same time still have their own feel and identity. So it doesn't feel like they're rehashing uh, more. They're just like that's all still part of who they are musically. And that's just really cool to me. So that's why I, I picked this record. Nice. That's, that's awesome. Uh, and it was, it was 99 that uh, Clarity came out. I, I did some yeah. fact-checking there while you were talking. Excellent. Uh, uh, but it was yeah, very I, early I, 99, so it almost could have been 98 because it was like February. So. Yeah, I feel like they uh, maybe originally like, tried to release in 98. Static Prevails was 96, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or like somewhere very close to that, uh, and that was their first major label uh, with uh, Capital. Remember when Capital Records was important? 
No. Remember when record companies were important? Yeah. What are those? <laughs> and of course, um, Clarity being there, they're like supposed to be the big breakout release uh, with a couple of singles that did have some traction, but uh, I would say that they really didn't hit anything big until Bleed American, uh, and specifically with The Middle, which... Uh, in my opinion, is objectively one of their worst songs overall, but still, like, very good, very catchy, and I understand why people like it. So, like, this is not me shitting on, like, oh, well, it's the single and everyone loves it. No, like, everyone loves it for a reason. No, it's 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 a great song, but it's it's far from their best song. In fact, it's far from the best song on that record, even. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. But that's not the record we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Surviving, and I'm sure that you yeah. will pick all of their other records in the coming weeks as we continue this <laughs> podcast, so... I'm sure we'll get plenty of chances to talk about them, but uh, tell me a little bit about the track from this record that you picked for for the intro to this podcast and, and, and why you picked it and, and how you feel about it. So I think that the, um, the intro track is actually a really great place to start, the title track, Surviving. Um, and uh, you are in a unique position to know very well what my songwriting process is like, how um, a lot of times... Uh, I, I don't really find the the words or the um, musical parts to do what would traditionally be a, f- well, we'll use air quotes, a full song. So verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, pre-chorus, chorus, whatever. Um, so maybe it's just a very short, like, minute and a half thing. Maybe it's just, like basically just two choruses with like an instrumental break, things like that. Uh, and surviving does something really interesting like that, where it's basically just like five verses, just the same part repeated, but with building intensity. Uh, and it goes from being just like very like, not quiet, but like more low key, very like, uh, mid range vocals into like, by the third verse, it's verse, verse. What's a verse? This, <laughs> uh, a verse is a verse with soaring vocals, which is where I was going <laughs> with that. Fantastic. It, just, it, it ramps up the intensity. So, like, it, it starts out just this kind of, like, mid, uh, mid-tempo, like, kind of, like, almost driving riff, but, like... It, it, I wouldn't call it, like, anthemic yet, but by verse three, like, it starts to have you, like, really wanted to, like, sing along, and, like, I don't know, it just, it, it pumps me up uh, in a way that uh, a really good rock song will do, and it's written so simply, so I, I really appreciated that. Yeah, that was kind of the, one of the first things that, uh, that grabbed me with this record. I'm, I'm not the, the, the Jimmy Eat World fan that you are by any stretch of the imagination, although I do enjoy them. Um, but uh, the, the first time I listened to this record, that, that riff that kicks in, it was just kind of like, all right, yeah, here we go. Like, I, I, I can get behind this. It's, it's, it's very, uh, it's a good riff. Yeah. Yeah. And like, again, it's, it's repetitive. So like, you kind of get into this mental groove with it. It doesn't have to be complicated. And I do love when songwriters show that a song doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be math rock. It doesn't have to be uh, insanely orchestral. It doesn't have to be um, like several different parts or like really intricate uh, lyric writing or whatnot. It, it can be simple and just right out there in, in your face. And again, that's... Is something that just really grabbed me right from track one. So nice, yeah. So what's what's another standout <laughs> track for you on this record? So I don't want to go in order and just go through every track, but it just it uh, it is worth mentioning the second track for a couple of reasons. So the uh, the second track on this record is called Criminal Energy, uh, and I mentioned earlier how a lot of these songs really feel like they could have, uh, they would have been at home on, on any previous record. Uh, and uh, Futures is a big standout record for me, um, like mostly because of the time and the things that I you know, went through in my life when that came out. Criminal Energy just has that like kind of darker, like drop-tuned energy to it that just feels like you could have dropped that right in like the, you know, the front half of that record and wouldn't have missed a beat at all.
Um, I'm actually going to go like almost all the way to the end of this record. There's a track called Recommit. Um, and there's a moment that just like speaking of speaking of ripping off bands uh, like Jim Adkins was in rare form on this record. Uh, there is a moment that is straight out of Gloria by Mineral in this song, like twice, where it's this just huge like that kind of like huge, huge, like single note, growly, like breaking up uh, tone. Uh, it just just flying over the rest of the riff and like that is just straight out of Gloria. I'm I'm uh debating now if I want to cut in that part in lieu of where you were like miming it <laughs> or if I just want to leave you miming it like in this, as as I the, told as the explanation. I kind of want to I don't know, we'll see. I told myself I wasn't going to do any of that, but I had and to you did in it. that moment. Uh and I kind of hope that you uh, do choose to <laughs> cut the actual track in. Maybe, uh, maybe what I'll do is I'll do like an A-B comparison where it'll be like you doing it and then the song and then you doing it and then the song like. <laughs> <laughs> just, as a, um, just as a comparison. But yeah, and it like obviously, you know, Jimmy World um, kind of came to popularity during that same time period when. Uh, bands like Mineral were also huge in the like the emo and indie rock scene. Uh, although, uh, as Jimmy Eat World was gaining popularity, Mineral Mineral had already broken up. That was one of those uh, few bands that uh, I didn't find out about until after they'd already broken up and was uh, brokenhearted about that. Um, although, when they got back together and released a couple tracks recently, those were so good. Like the best Chris Simpson's voices ever sounded. Not the point. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about those some other time. Yeah, we can, and probably will. The, the middle of the record, I think, is is fairly, um, not to say, like, not good or not stand out, but I, I think fairly stock standard for who Jimmy World is a band is as a band. There's lots of just really beautiful melodies. Um, there's lyrics that probably don't mean what you think they do, but the beauty of lyrics is that they can mean whatever you want them to, and you know, they can mean you know exactly what your situation needs them to mean. Uh, and so there's a lot of those songs that really like flesh out this whole record. You know, there's not not a track that I skip along the way. Um, but if you, if I want to talk about things that are different or stand out, uh, the last track is actually just really interesting because again, it, it kind of takes it back to a, a little bit of a darker tone. Uh, and you know, I, I think in the past, a lot of their uh, records have tended to end with like a really long kind of drawn out droney sad song of some sorts i'm thinking 23 i'm thinking of goodbye scar harbor dizzy tracks like that uh and this is like almost an angry song but it has this really like intense bass driven instrumental section towards the end um that as a bass player i really enjoy but at the same time it is also the longest song on the record by a solid two minutes which I, I think it would be uh, a tragedy if it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that whole instrumental breakdown. Uh, and like they, they do this really cool staccato thing. I'm going to do it again. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll cut in the actual song. <laughs> and it's like... 
<laughs> no, I take that back. Like, we're keeping that. <laughs> <laughs> Over this, like, really, um, like, short, punchy bass, like, do, 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 And, like, it's, uh, I, of course, am not doing it justice with my vocalizations, but it's just, it's really neat. And I feel like it gives the, uh, uh, the rhythm section a chance to really play that most of their like more straightforward rock songs uh, or like slow ballads don't. Uh, and like, you know, I, I, that's fun. Like I would like to have played a song like that live. That would, you know, that would be enjoyable for me. So one of the tracks that, that really stood out to me on this record was uh, was five 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 I don't know how, what's the proper pronunciation of this track. I don't know. I don't know. I, I would say probably five fifty five, but I don't triple five. I don't think there's I don't think there's really uh, context clues in the lyrics, and I'm yeah. kind of scrolling through them, uh, seeing. But so yeah, so so two things stood out to me about this track that uh, I thought were really unique. And, and really cool um, is that the instrumentation, especially uh, in the beginning, because um, it has that synth bass thing going on. Yeah. Um, this almost sounds like it could have been a church's song. Yes. Yes, I agree. Which I think is really cool. Um, but then as it gets into the chorus, there's, um, you know, that, that repeating everyday line is, mm-hmm. to me, very Elvis Costello. Um, specifically because he does almost exactly that in every day I write the book. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so that's, that's like, it's very Costello, but then it comes in with this little guitar lead. That's just very Jimmy Eat World to like tie it all back, uh, back together. And I thought that was a really unique song for them. Uh, again, I, am not as familiar with their catalog as you are, but, but for me, this was a very standout track just as that it's, it's something that's very different for them from, from, yeah. from my memory. And, uh, and I thought that was really cool and a, and a really interesting choice. Yeah. And like the, it's not like they've never done anything like this before, but it's not really a songwriting technique that they lean heavily on. Uh, like synth isn't really a, a big part of their catalog. Uh, and, um, and so, yeah, this is, a, I think, a standout track, uh, just taken as a, as a whole with their songs. Um, this is one of those ones that I was mentioning earlier um, that I feel like um, the lyrics probably don't mean what I would read into them. 
Uh, but this is one of those uh, one of those tracks that gets me every time I listen to it, and especially just like that melody. Just it's this like the the verses in in chorus or verses in pre-chorus are like just really kind of quiet and understated, and then there's this huge melody on the chorus where you know. Uh, you know, getting the feeling, or sorry, doing the things I've been told every day, and he has that that re- uh, repetition to it, and I think that that's probably where the five 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 comes in, uh, because there is those periods of uh, of repetition of three in the uh, in the tracks, and then I almost like in my head I I, I think of it as maybe a joke that somebody made, um, because it's saying, is there anyone there listening while you cry cry cry. And somebody probably in another room heard it as five five five, and it just stuck. And like we have no way of knowing, so like that's their version of emergency cookie squad. So basically, they're they're taking a, <laughs> a page out of our book for uh, for how to name their songs. Exactly, they're ripping us off again. Although, <laughs> although technically, that would still be backwards from how we do it because we name them before the lyrics are written from something that has nothing to do with the song whatsoever. That's true. <laughs> and, and to be fair, we don't know that that's not how they did it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when you think back to like the, the, the start of this band, they've basically been trolling us all along. Because like even their band name is like some insult that like like someone's little like little brother made like towards their other little sibling, uh, basically saying that the the little brother named Jimmy was fat and would eat the entire world. Uh, so. Wait, is that, is that true? That's that's where the name came from. Uh, yeah, I'm not doing justice to the whole story, but like one of the guys has like two younger siblings, and the, the younger siblings got in a fight, and uh, you know, I think it was the youngest of them like went and, like drew a picture of his brother consuming the globe, and labeled it Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> and uh, you know maybe that's maybe that's not true. Maybe that's urban legend, but like that's the story that's been told several times, and. Uh, I find it easy to believe because uh, I could see myself doing something like that had I any artistic talent whatsoever when Josh made me angry as a kid. and play one mil so I can remember why I wanted to talk about that one. I do think it's it's really neat, the dynamics of it, starting with just like really quiet, uh, like a single acoustic, and then like the chorus is huge, and then back down, and then huge chorus, and then just that weird solo uh, that uh, it just, it works for the song. I mean, to me, to me, this is, this is just a classic Jimmy Eat World jam. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's mid-tempo, it's you know, it's upbeat. Uh, the, it's got great harmonies in the chorus. Uh, and then that instrumental break, they've got the the harmonizing guitar leads. Um, you know, this, this is just like, this is just, this is a Jimmy Eat World song, just through and through.
and I think of like one mill and diamond as like the middle uh, for like this record. Like they're like easy like songs that like very much be breakout like pop hits that people would really love to listen to. That I don't think other like best tracks on the record by any means, but are still just really good in their own right. And again, like they're songs that I think people would love for a reason because they're well structured, they're well written. Uh, they have good melodies and so forth. So I, th- I think that that's kind of like where those songs would sit. Which actually kind of surprises me uh, that neither one of those were released as uh, like kind of teaser singles. Uh, it was uh, All the Way and then Love Never, <clears throat> which I initially didn't really like that much, uh, but it's one that really grew on me. Um, like when I first heard it, it kind of felt like the chorus wasn't really complete. But the more I heard it, the more I realized I'm like, this says exactly what it needs to. All right, so let's uh, let's take a break and hear from our sponsor this week, and then when we come back, we will be talking about my pick for the week. Hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm your host Michael Fight, and I'm Caleb Coy, and together we plumb the murkiest depths and scoured the darkest corners of the internet in search of movies. Movies you might have missed. Or purposefully skipped over. We break down the madness and offer tiny tidbits of trivia. Or sometimes just yell into the abyss about how these movies ever got made. Catch a new episode every week. Welcome back to Never Heard of It. No, that's not this podcast. Let's try that again. <laughs> I'm so used to listening to your fucking podcast. <laughs> now, I'm just, now I'm just quoting it. It gets in your head, man. Oh, it does. Uh, hello, and welcome back to Left of the Dial, which is the name of this podcast that we're currently recording and you are currently listening to. Uh, yes. For those of you just tuning in, I don't know why you would be because that's not how podcasts work, but... Uh, for those of you just tuning in, I'm, I'm your host, Kitsy, and with me today, as always, is Caleb Coy. I, I love the idea that someone might say, you know what, I'm going to listen to this one after the ad break. <laughs> I like to listen to podcasts, <laughs> but only the second half. I don't have time to listen will, to the whole thing. I'm only on the, the back half here, so like, whatever you got to say, like, get through your fluff early on, and like, let's do this. <laughs> let's get to the content. Uh, so, speaking of content, uh, for my pick this week... Uh, sticking with our theme of surviving and survival, I have picked uh, the album Survival Pop by the band Warriors uh, from 2017. Uh, this is uh, probably one of the most played records for me over the last couple of years. Um, both if you were a Spotify user, you would know for sure. If I was, I, I would, but I'm an <laughs> Apple Music user, so I have absolutely no idea what I listen to. Uh, <laughs> No idea whatsoever. Um, but this is, uh, yeah, this is a record that's been uh, in really heavy rotation for me since it came out. Um, not just because it's a great record, which it absolutely is, uh, but because um, over the last two years, uh, they've been especially rough for me, just on like a personal level. There's been a lot of different things going on in my life that haven't been great. Um, and I don't really want to, you know, be all downer on this podcast, but this record in particular um, has really, really helped me uh, kind of pull through some of those, uh, some of those rough times. Um, 
because that's kind of to me at least that's what this record is really about is is you know going through some stuff but but getting through it and and you know kind of how to do that so it's amazing how music can do that too it, it like, really is uh i don't how it can mean so much for a specific time period or a specific moment <laughs> yeah i mean i i you know again not to get all downer but like if it wasn't for music i don't know that i would be alive right now and i and i, I don't mean that like metaphorically i mean that literally yeah. uh like there there have been times in my life that got real dark and then a certain song or a certain album really helped pull me out of it. Um, and this is, you know, and this, for me, this is, this is one of those records that really helped, you know, helped me get through something that was really heavy. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. curious, Caleb, to hear your thoughts on this record, because uh, I, I picked this uh, and this will probably be a theme going forward is I, I picked something that I didn't think you would have heard before or would necessarily listen to, if I hadn't told you to listen to it. So I'm really curious to hear what your thoughts on this record were. Yeah. So I, I feel like I've, I'm, I know that I've heard of warriors before and I'm almost positive that's because of you, uh, because I know that this is a band that you're, you're really into. Uh, and I love that not only was there the accidental theme because you know, we didn't <clears throat> specifically say like, we're going to, we're going to pick two records whose titles like really match up. Well, it just happened that way. Uh, yeah, don't don't get used to that. Cause that's not going to be something we're going to be able to, con- to sustain through the life of this podcast at all. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> like that would involve way too much work. Yeah, and we're uh, not that, uh, committed to this idea at all. <laughs> <laughs> Music's fun, man. It's not yeah. supposed to be a job. Exactly. Um, I feel like you're, you're choosing this record uh, alongside uh, me going with a Jimmy Eat World record also like really like highlights something about our specific music tastes that uh, is another really interesting thing to introduce right away in like a pilot episode uh, in that like I have a tendency to like lean very heavily towards like very polished, very like heavily produced like layers on layers on layers. I mean, I make no, uh, you know, uh, ambiguity around clarity being my favorite record of all time. And that is a, like a masterpiece of overproduction. Like there was way too much going on in that record. Uh, and, uh, I, I know from a lot of the stuff that you've recommended to me that you have a tendency for, uh, to things that are like more raw and more like, uh, more straightforward and like what they would be like if you were to see this band live, you're not going to get, uh, as much of the, the production, you're not going to get as much of the extra parts. It's really just the songwriting right there in your face. And I think that this record is a really great example of that. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting too, because like they're, they're, you know, there are definitely certain bands that one approach is better than the other. Like for example, you know, I think Jimmy Eat world, great example of a polished band. I don't know that I'd want to hear, actually I would, but I don't know that most people would want to hear a, a raw, you know, Jimmy Eat World record. Uh, I don't love it. Like, at, at, when I hear like their older tracks or their demos and stuff like that, like I still love the songs, but I, I don't necessarily love listening to those versions of the songs because my brain wants that to be like just smooth as silk. Like yeah. I don't want to hear Jim Atkins fuck up. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's, and that's like, and that's just the, the, you know, the songs they write lend themselves more to, to that kind mm-hmm. of production style. Whereas like, um, you know, to go with another kind of bigger band, like a band like the replacements, I would hate to hear an overproduced replacements record. In fact, there are some overproduced replacements records and I hate listening to them because they you mean sound the Google wrong. Dolls? What's that? You mean the Google dolls? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so the, the song that we heard coming in, uh, coming into this segment was uh, kind of the end of the, the the track Gaslighter on this record, which is uh, definitely one of my favorite tracks. It's a standout track for me. Um, you know, it kind of opens just guitar and vocals, which is, you know, great. And then when it comes in, it's, it's you know, it's it's pretty huge. But the, the end of, uh, of the song is really what gets me is that uh, repeating chorus of, I just want to be alone sometimes. Mm. Uh, and I mean, I think we all feel that way. Um, yeah. And like, I, I will say like, I, I usually try to be pretty honest with my, uh, my reactions to, to music because like music does matter so much to me and like to you as well. Um, I can't really say that I liked this record. It's, it wasn't my jam. Like the, uh, the, um, the melodies, the production stuff like that. But like 
reading through the lyrics uh, is where I can like dig in and really find appreciation for this because I do love how this uh, vocalist writes uh, and that you know that chorus. Uh, you know. Now I get to hear about how sorry you are. It's a perfect time to hear about how sorry you are. But yes. I just want to be alone sometimes. Like that's a really great line. Like, yeah. Just, just go away. <laughs> just be not here. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think we've all been in that relationship at least once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but that, like I said, that's that's one thing that I can do. Is, like, it's just I can like dig through these lyrics and like find just really great examples of things that I do love about it. So, like, I'm glad that you showed this to me. Yeah, I mean, I think you know the the music definitely is my jam uh, on this <laughs> record for sure. But uh, but Lauren's songwriting. Uh, in particular, you know, Lauren's lyrics, um, they're, they're just such a great lyricist. And uh, that's, I think, really what, what hooks me because, yeah. um, you know, again, the music's great and I love the music, but if it didn't have such great lyrics uh, on top of it, I don't know that it would connect with me like it does. And, like, it's, it's really interesting because you and I are definitely ones that would dig into the lyrics and, like, really, like, pick them apart and, like find the the meaning for ourselves or like try to understand what they meant to the the writer uh and like find lines that really stick with us that like mean something to us it's amazing how many people like would never even notice like uh and this isn't to knock how people listen you know you listen to and gain whatever worth you want out of uh, the experience of listening to music but uh so many people i think just never even hear the lyrics and so like you could take the same record with, you know, totally different words and someone would love it. Yeah. And that's weird to me. Another standout track for me, uh, I think. I think this this track goes up against Gaslighter, uh, depending on my mood, as the, the f my favorite song on the record, uh, and that's near the end. Uh, WTF is sleep. Um, I have <laughs> absolutely felt every feeling that just the title of that song conveys. Um, but I love this song for for two reasons, um, and I, I think you'll you'll know exactly what I'm talking about uh, when I say it, is, is the, the little guitar lead in the beginning of that song uh, mm -hmm. with the delay on it is just, like, you ever have those, like, those those guitar riffs or guitar leads you're like, fuck, I wish I wrote that. Yes. Like, for me, that's one of them. That's, like, a, a little guitar lead. It's, it's very simple. It's just a couple notes. But yeah. the, way, the way it fits in with the song is just like, oh, man, I wish I would have written that. That's too perfect. Yeah. Uh, like sometimes just like a couple of notes or like just like well-placed little lead can totally change the feel of a part. Yeah. And it's like, it's so weird that like, that's how our brains work. I just like add that tiny little thing and then boom, like it's a totally different emotion. Yeah. And that's, that's such a cool line. And, uh, you know, warriors is, um, is kind of a unique band in that there's, uh, you know, kind of a rotating cast of characters that's, that's played in the band over the years. 
and I so I don't I don't actually remember who played guitar on on this record, but uh, whoever whoever you are, uh, well done on that line. That's a great guitar line. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, another um, uh, going back to the lyrics uh, for this record, um, you know, you'll feel better if you leave the house. Uh, yeah. Is is the opening line of this song, and um, you know, I I don't know how many times I've had to tell myself that and actually make myself leave the house um, because, it, you know, I, I work from home, uh, so I'm home a lot. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't get to leave the house every... Well, I, I, sh- I, don't, I shouldn't say I don't get to because I can leave whenever I want. I'm not a prisoner here. But I don't have that built-in, you know, leaving of the house every day that uh, the majority of people do. And so, uh, you know, I can start to feel very cooped up and isolated. And sometimes I do have to talk myself into... Uh, leaving the house and so you know a song like that really speaks to me just because it's like yeah you know I I feel that and you know sometimes not leaving the house is you know it's not even a a a result of like what I do for a living and and you know my lifestyle but it's a result of like I'm just that depressed that I don't want to leave the house and I think that's really more what this song is speaking to and so that's that's why it really speaks to me that was something that jumped out at me right away about uh, about that line it's like I I know exactly like, I don't know what you're feeling in that, but I know exactly what those days are like for you because I've, I've been there. Yeah, you, you've lived with me a couple <laughs> times now, so you've, you've seen those days for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so another, another fun uh, song on this record is The Possibility, uh, the third track, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, I like this song. It's, it's catching up beat, but uh, I don't even remember who it was, but uh, I was listening to this record in, in the car with a friend of mine, and they were singing along and ended up singing uh, the possibilities instead of the possibility. And <laughs> now that's all, I can, that... that's all I can hear when I listen to that song. And now that's all you'll hear if you listen to it again. And so I'm sorry, but I'm also not sorry because I have to live with that now. It's not someone that's like ever spent any time in upstate New York, is it? I don't think so. Because there's that restaurant in downtown, Possibilities, in downtown Syracuse. See, I didn't even know that, and I lived there for like two years. Oh, you didn't know that? No! Yeah, so they're, they're, it's, a, it's a kind of an institution at this point. It's a, a pasta restaurant. They, they do everything in-house. They're known for their uh, spicy hot tomato oil, and they've got their bakery across the street where they do the Italian stretch bread, and you can buy the oil, and oh my god. I, um... Right. I used to deliver for them, and I would just, I would, I would take loaves of bread home with me, and just that would. I mean, I was dirt poor at the time, so like, uh, just eating bread was basically my my dinner. But like, I didn't care because it was so fucking good. <laughs> well, if you keep talking about them anymore, they're gonna have to start paying us for sponsorships. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's a uh, hottom.com. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's 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 interesting. I wonder. See, now I'm wondering if I just subconsciously put that in my own head and it wasn't someone in my car singing along to it. I mean, it could be either way. I mean, it, I feel like it's it's an easy pun to go for, especially if your brain mishears it at all. Yeah. <laughs> and, just, and my brain I, I, thinks of a lot of weird things, so that could definitely be... Uh, you mean like growing tomatoes? Oh, God. <laughs> For those of you playing along at home, that's another inside joke uh, that comes from our musical endeavors. Uh, we, we spent, uh, so we were, uh, we were in a pop punk band called The Hideout together. Oh, we're going we to tell the story. Okay. To, yeah, we were on our way to a show and spent, uh, 
pretty much the entire drive from practice space to the venue uh, parodying the lyrics that uh, Joshua had written to one of the songs uh, and turning it into a song about gardening. <laughs> and just just to really uh, just to really sell this illusion, or not illusion, but sell the story is, you know, we've got Josh driving the van. <laughs> and then and then you've got Caleb and I in, in the back seat. We were probably we were probably drunk a little bit, at least a little bit. Uh, and just just for like an hour, just mocking the lyrics <laughs> that Josh had written while he drives us to the show that we're all about then- to play together. You legit like sang those lyrics as the harmony in at least one show. I remember like uh, hearing every, someone record every it show, <laughs> sir. Every show. Uh, Josh, I'm I'm very sorry. <laughs> but in my defense, it was quite funny. I'm very sorry, but in my defense, I'm also not. <laughs> Are there any songs on on this uh, this record that really stood out to you? So. Going back to how much I've like started to to love, you said their name is Lauren. Yes, Lauren. So how much I started to love uh, Lauren's lyrics, um, right to like the very last track, the chorus, the notion you learn from the hurt beneath your feet, the feeling I'm here by the skin of my teeth, the people I've been and the proving scars I've gone through life with an open heart, like those lines are so like so powerful. I love that. And I love like the the imagery, the metaphors. Like it's it's a little bit mixed, but it's all biological. It's all body metaphor. Just, just hearing you read the lyrics uh, just now gave me chills. Like that's how good they are. <laughs> yeah, they really are. And like that just jumped right out to me. That's really the, the the standout is the these lyrics that we've that we've highlighted uh, to me like that that's really what I take away from from this record um, that even uh, even if you're you're like me we're like you know you you give it a listen and like you know initially like this isn't my jam like really give it time and listen to Lauren's lyrics because that like they have a lot to say yes absolutely um, we'll have links to uh, both of these records on Spotify and Apple Music uh, in the show notes. Uh, and I think that's going to just about do it for our inaugural episode of Left of the Dial. This was really neat. This and, was. Uh, hope, hopefully next time uh, I'm a little less nervous. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Hopefully next uh, time I'll actually be able to take notes as I listen to the record so I don't have to like yeah. keep playing them in the middle of the podcast recording to uh, remember what I'm trying to talk about. I like to force myself to just remember things. It doesn't always work, but well, it never uh, works for me. It keeps me nimble. Um, we, when we first started the the Nahoy, we we took studious notes throughout the first, I believe, two uh, movies, and from then on, it was <laughs> a whole that, two it movies. Really it. Uh, and like we'll we'll miss things. Like I, I'm sure that there's things that I didn't talk about with uh, with surviving uh, or with um, survival survival pop. Survival yeah, pop, survival, yes. Survival pop. Um, because I didn't take any notes on them either. Um, but that uh, also just leaves it open to like, uh, clearly we're not covering ev- everything and clearly we're not telling you what to think about these records. Go listen to them. Yes, please listen to these records. Uh, and 
Uh, this should go without saying, but like, if you really love these records, please buy them. Uh, yeah. Spotify's great, but bands make like negative money on streams. So if these records really connect with you, buy you know buy the download, buy them on Bandcamp, buy them on vinyl, just you know, or or go to a show, buy a T-shirt, give give some money to the damn band, please. Yeah. If, if you enjoy these records, uh, because yeah, Spotify, while from a consumer standpoint is the greatest thing to ever happen to music. Uh, from a musician standpoint, it's complete garbage uh, in that it you, you just you make no money on your music anymore. So uh, please support, support the bands that you love so that they can keep making the music that uh, gets you out of bed in the morning. That's part of why I love like building up, again, a, uh, a small vinyl collection, because I will go and I will buy a vinyl of a, a band that I really like or like a friend that I really want to support. Um, but then like most of the time that I listen to it will probably be at my desk streaming on Spotify in the background or like on my walk to work where I'm clearly not going to be carrying around a battery operated turntable. Uh, but I still like, I like to try to contribute where I can. So, you know, same, like I, you know me, I've been buying records since before you, you've known me. And I, 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 I think I remember you having at least like, I don't know, like three or four. Hundred, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, uh, large uh, IKEA bookshelves full. Yeah, and that and that hasn't slowed down. Uh, and yeah, I, I actually I rarely listen to to them, um, not because uh, not for any reason other than the fact that you know now I have uh, you know an Apple HomePod in my living room and it's so much easier just to say like you know hey Siri play this record, uh, or you know hey Siri shuffle some music for it to actually and then. Do it. Uh, and there, it's actually playing music. That's great. I, I was hoping I was quiet enough, but I guess I wasn't. Um, hey Siri, stop! <laughs> there we go. Uh, and for those of you at home with Siri, I apologize for all the chaos that I have undoubtedly unleashed in your life just now. Um, but yes, uh, you know, I really listen to the records just because it's so much more convenient to to listen to, you know, the streaming services. But uh, I still make it a point to purchase every record that I enjoy because it's, it's, you know, I like having it, even if I don't listen to it, I like having it. And more importantly, I like supporting the bands that I love because I want them to keep making the thing that I enjoy. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I feel like that's a, a, a good way to, to wrap things up. We yeah. learned a lesson here today. We'll, we'll, we'll get a little <laughs> preachy here at the end. <laughs> Buy some damn music. <laughs> Caleb, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, that's a great question. So I, I tend to uh, lurk a lot on both uh, Twitter and Instagram at, at Caleb Micah. Uh, and then, of course, uh, have uh, my other podcast, which we've referenced a couple times here, that Kitsy is uh, a part of the, the team that makes that happen. And that's uh, the Never Heard of It podcast, which you can find at thenohoit.com. T-H-E-N-H-O-I-T.com. Uh, I really enjoy if you if you haven't listened to the Never Heard of It podcast, uh, might I recommend the Moonisode from earlier this year? <laughs> yes, where yes. Uh, I was actually a guest and we talked about uh, two of my favorite movies, which is uh, A Trip to the Moon and Destination Moon, which are both uh, very old classic sci-fi movies uh, that get uh, one of them is actually fairly accurate considering <laughs> its time, and then the other one is just completely wrong. It's just batshit, and it's I love just, it. Yeah, it's just bonkers. Uh, <laughs> check check that episode out, because I'm on it, and that makes it instantly better than any other episode they've ever done. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at HeyKitsy. Uh, you can find us online at uh, last of the... Nope, nope. Leftofthedial.fm. <laughs> I will learn the name of this podcast eventually, I swear. Last of the Dial. Last of the Dial. Ah. I, I legit... So, so I, I have, I've been keeping a playlist on Spotify called uh, Left of the Dial, which I guess is just going to turn into like our show's playlist. Uh, but I, I bought the domain name just to forward to that. And I can't tell you how many people I've like tweeted it at and tweeted like lastofthedial.fm at them. <laughs> and then that goes nowhere. So I might have to buy that and just forward it to left of the dial for how many times I fuck it up. Um, forward it to a splash page that says, oops, I'm sorry, I met left of the dial with a link. <laughs> and then like a 10 second redirect. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. So you can find us online at left of the dial.fm, which currently doesn't go anywhere. Well, it goes to a Spotify playlist. But by the time this actually becomes a thing, uh, hopefully it'll be a website. Uh, 
Either way, if you go to that, something will be there, and you'll, you'll be able to check it out, whatever it is. Yeah, and uh, you know, join us uh, again next time uh, as we uh, dig a little deeper into uh, our, our archives and try to bring you something that maybe you uh, haven't listened to or maybe you have forgotten how much you love. All right. Uh, do, you, uh, do you know what your pick for next week is yet? Have you, is, can you get a little sneak preview? Have you thought about it yet? Um, I, yeah, I have it. I have nothing. So. I, um, I, I've, I've thought about it quite a bit, and when you first asked me, I, I think I probably had a list of about five off the top of my head, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little wait, bit. Wait, 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 wait. How many records does Jimmy Eat World put out? <laughs> They're not all Jimmy Eat World records. In fact, uh, In fact I am committing most of myself. Them aren't. <laughs> I, I'm committing myself to uh, not do any more Jimmy Eat World full length records, at least until we've, we're in triple digits. Oh, wow. Okay. I, uh, I, I want uh, to make myself be uh, more uh, creative than that. Well, so, so for just to, to kind of keep our listeners on the hook. I say that like we have multiple listeners at this point. Just so to keep our many. listeners on the hook, what, what can we look forward to hearing from you next week? So I'm uh, thinking about uh, taking it back to one of the, uh, the weirder releases from uh, one of my favorite Baltimore artists uh, named Ryan Shelkett. It's band Dead Red Sea. Ooh, I have not heard that, so I'm very excited to check that out. And yeah. uh, mine is still a mystery, uh, not only to you, but also to me, because I haven't thought that far ahead. But I'm sure I'll come up with something because I have listened to a few records in my life. So, In the world of tomorrow. And that's our Futurama reference for the week. Thank you very much for listening to <laughs> Left of the Dial. Uh, check us out, leftofthedial.fm. And uh, thanks for listening. And we'll see you. Well, we won't see you because it's a podcast. And that's not how podcasts work. But you'll hear us <laughs> next week. Wherever yes. podcasts are sold. Thank you and good night. And it's like...